You are listening to The Pregnancy Podcast with Vanessa Merton. Hello, and thank you for tuning into The Pregnancy Podcast. Be sure to check out the 40 Weeks Podcast to find out how your baby is developing this week, what is going on with your body, plus get a tip for dad. All of this in under five minutes. You can find 40 Weeks everywhere you listen to The Pregnancy Podcast or go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash week. Last week, we talked about erythromycin and vitamin K, which are two routine procedures done to your baby after birth. Erythromycin is an ointment placed on your baby's eyes, and vitamin K is a shot given to your baby. Both of these have benefits and risks associated with them. Last week's episode got into all of the details on these procedures to help you decide whether you want to include them or opt out of them. If you missed the last episode, you can go back and check out episode 47. This week, we are talking about the third stage of labor, which is birthing your placenta, because yes, this needs to come out after your baby. You have some options as to what interventions are employed during this stage. Today, we are going to get into all of your choices and talk about some research to give you all the information that you need to make the right decision for you. This topic was a bit more research intensive than I had anticipated. I spent a lot of time reading through studies and putting together this episode, so I hope that you find it helpful. The third stage of labor starts after your baby is born, and then it ends with birthing the placenta. Even after your beautiful baby is born, your uterus is going to continue to contract. These contractions are much more mild than the contractions you experience during birth. During this time, you're going to be pretty occupied with holding your new baby. And as your uterus begins to contract and shrink, the placenta will detach from your uterine wall. And then the blood vessels are closed off and the placenta is pushed out. Once your placenta is out, your care provider is going to examine it to make sure that everything looks good and that it is intact, meaning all of it is out. There are some complications that can come up during this process, and of course your care provider is going to be monitoring you closely to make sure that everything goes smoothly. The main complications that can arise during the third stage of labor are postpartum hemorrhage, a retained placenta, and uterine inversion. Postpartum hemorrhage is the number one cause of maternal mortality. In general, postpartum hemorrhage occurs when a mother loses over 500 milliliters of blood for a vaginal birth or 1,000 milliliters of blood after a cesarean birth. These figures may vary in between countries, and there's not a universal measurement. Plus, care providers are just going to be estimating the amount of blood lost because there's no way to accurately measure it. Postpartum hemorrhage is more common in low-income countries where access to care is limited, but the rates of postpartum hemorrhage have been on the rise in developed countries. As the rates of postpartum hemorrhage have increased, so have the rates of things like C-sections, inductions, and active management of the third stage of labor, which we will talk about in a minute. 
Unfortunately, researchers have not really been able to pinpoint the exact cause of increasing rates of postpartum hemorrhage. And just because the rates of postpartum hemorrhage have gone up alongside other things like C-sections, inductions, does not necessarily mean that they're related. If anything, it just adds more confusion as to why the rates of postpartum hemorrhage are increasing. A retained placenta occurs when the placenta does not detach from the uterine wall. The risk involved with this includes hemorrhage and infection. The amount of time that your care provider is comfortable waiting for your placenta to be delivered is going to vary, and it can range anywhere from 30 minutes to a couple hours. Uterine inversion occurs when the placenta does not detach, and then it's pushed out and draws the uterus out with it, which is going to turn the organ inside out, and this is a very rare complication. It is a high priority of your doctor or midwife to make sure that your third stage of labor goes smoothly and the placenta is delivered without complications. You have two main choices when it comes to how to birth your placenta. Expectant management, sometimes also called physiological, or active management. Expectant management is without any interventions and active management can involve medications and some physical interventions. Advocates of expectant management argue that the natural process your body goes through promotes normal separation and the birth of the placenta and minimizes complications. Proponents of an active approach argue that active management is quicker and results in fewer complications. Which is the better approach? We will be diving into all of your options so that you can decide which is going to be best for you. Expectant management means that the cord is not clamped early, that no medications are administered, and that there is no pulling on the umbilical cord. Advocates of this method argue that any interference with the natural cascade of hormones that occurs immediately following birth is going to have impacts on both you and your baby. In general, mothers who are planning a natural birth usually opt for expectant management, which is more in line with their ideology on birth. Of course, this method does assume that everything is happening as it should and that there are no complications. Active management usually involves early cord clamping, administration of medication, and gently pulling on the umbilical cord. This method has become more common in the last few decades, especially in a hospital setting. Now that we talked about the main two methods, it's also possible to have a combination of these, which is sometimes referred to as mixed management. This is where some, but not all, of the methods of active management are employed. An example of mixed management could mean that you decide to delay clamping of the umbilical cord, but then you receive medications to aid in the delivery of your placenta. There is quite a bit of evidence to support delayed cord clamping, and this topic was covered in episode 26, so I'm not going to go into details on this here. If you have not listened to the episode on delayed cord clamping, I will link to it in the show notes, or you can find it at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash episode 26. The medications given during active management of the third stage of labor are classified as uterotonic agents. These drugs increase contractions and are given either orally, through an IV, or with a shot. There are four main types of uterotonics, oxytocin, carbitocin, ergot derivatives, and prostaglandins. 
I don't want to get too technical talking about these types of drugs, but I do want to give you a very brief overview because you do have options here. Oxytocin is, of course, your body's natural hormone to create contractions. Some uterotonics are a synthetic version of this. Carbitocin may be available to you if you live in the UK and Canada, but as far as I can tell, this is not available in the United States. Ergot derivatives can include syntometrine, which is a combination of oxytocin and ergometrine. And lastly, prostaglandins can include misoprostol, which is marketed under the brand name Cytotec. While these medications do vary, they are all under the umbrella of uterotonics because the aim is the same, which is to increase contractions and birth the placenta quickly. If you are planning to have a uterotonic administered during the third stage of labor, it may be helpful to discuss your options with your care provider and talk about the risks and benefits of the different medications available. The risks and benefits are going to be slightly different between drugs, and they may vary according to your particular situation. There are quite a few studies comparing one drug to another, and when you find out what your options are, you can look further into specific studies on those. You can also ask your doctor or midwife why they would recommend one medication over another. Let's go through a few studies that looked at different options on medications. A review of six trials involving over 9,300 women compared sintermetrine, which is a combination of oxytocin and ergometrine, with syntocin, which is oxytocin only. The review found that the combo drug was associated with fewer instances of postpartum hemorrhage, but had more side effects. The main side effects were vomiting, nausea, and hypertension. Of course, I will link to this study and any others mentioned in the show notes for this episode. You're going to be able to find those at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash episode 48. A review of 72 trials involving over 52,000 women examined the use of prostaglandins, specifically misoprostol, which is taken orally. I mentioned earlier that misoprostol is marketed under the brand name Cytotec. When misoprostol was used compared to no other drugs, it did lower the risk for postpartum hemorrhage and blood transfusions. Compared to other uterotonics, misoprostol had higher rates of severe postpartum hemorrhage and the use of additional uterotonics, but it was also associated with fewer blood transfusions. The review also found that misoprostol is associated with significant increases in shivering and a temperature of over 100.4 degrees Fahrenheit or 38 degrees Celsius. The review found that overall, misoprostol was not as effective as oxytocin and that it had more side effects. I will link to the full review in the show notes if you would like to read more up on this. In areas where access to medical care is limited, an oral medication like misoprostol may have more application. Postpartum hemorrhage is much more common in low-income countries, and it's a big priority to find solutions in areas where women may be giving birth with limited resources, in remote areas away from a hospital, and where they may not have access to trained medical professionals. A review of 20 trials involving over 10,800 women found that oxytocin reduced the rates of postpartum hemorrhage. When compared to ergot alkaloids, 
oxytocin was much more effective and had fewer side effects. There was also no benefit found in combining oxytocin with ergometrine, which is known as syntometrine. There was no evidence suggesting that retained placentas were more common with the use of oxytocin. The link to this full study, if you would like to check it out, will be in the show notes. Another element of active management is controlled cord traction. This is something that is usually done after your placenta has detached from the uterine wall. Your care provider can use controlled cord traction and apply traction to the cord by gently pulling it to assist in the delivery of the placenta. They may also put pressure on your uterus to help it contract, and this is sometimes referred to as fundal pressure. The fundus is what the top of your uterus is called. I feel like learning about all this stuff is like learning a second language. I mentioned synonyms for things so that when you are discussing these topics with your doctor or midwife, you understand what they're talking about if they're not using the simplest terms. There is a method to controlled cord traction, and any care provider performing controlled cord traction should be skilled in the technique. And it could be helpful to ask your care provider whether they prefer to apply traction to the cord or not and what their routine procedure for this is. What does the research say about controlled cord traction? A review of three trials involving over 27,000 women focused on controlled cord traction and found that there was no difference in the risk of blood loss over 1,000 milliliters, but that it did reduce blood loss of more than 500 milliliters. There were no clear differences in use of additional uterotonics, blood transfusions, maternal death, operative procedures, or maternal satisfaction. I will link to the study in the show notes if you want to read more about it. As I'm sure you are used to hearing me say on this podcast, it is tough to isolate one procedure with outcomes because everything going on in the symphony of birth is so interconnected. The majority of studies on active management focus on specific drugs. I would venture to say that these studies are probably funded by pharmaceutical companies who have a vested interest in the outcomes of research, specifically focusing on medications. Research can be very expensive and very time intensive. I did find an interesting review that was solely focused on active versus expectant management. A review of seven studies involving over 8,000 women found that active management of the third stage reduced the risk of postpartum hemorrhage greater than 1,000 milliliters at the time of birth, but that adverse effects were identified. The review concluded that given the concerns about early cord clamping and the potential adverse effects of some uterotonics, it is critical to look at the individual components of third stage management. When you are figuring out what methods you want to use or avoid during the third stage of labor, talk to your doctor or midwife and find out what their policy and recommendation is. From there, you can discuss your options and any concerns to figure out what route you want to take. Remember that you have a lot of options here. The three interventions used in active management are early cord clamping, uterotonic medications, and controlled cord traction. While it's easy to break this down into two camps, expectant and active management, you can also choose a mixed approach. It isn't an all or nothing choice. You can choose to opt into one, two, or three of these procedures, or you can choose to opt out of all of them. 
Because this is such a medical topic, this is definitely something that you should be working with your doctor or midwife to figure out. Their medical expertise is going to be really helpful in deciding what the best course of action is for you. Once you have figured out how you want to handle the third stage of labor, this is something that you may want to include in your birth plan. If you haven't started writing your birth plan yet, or if you started and you're not sure if you're on the right track, I would be happy to share a copy of mine with you. Your preferences may be different than mine, but it will at least give you a good idea of how a plan could be worded or structured. To get a free copy, go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash birth plan, and you can request a copy via email. To recap today's episode, we talked all about the third stage of labor, which is the stage after your baby is born until your placenta is delivered. There are some options as to how this stage of labor is managed, and we went through all of those and got into a lot of research on the different methods. Hopefully this episode did not get too technical. I want to thank you so much for tuning into the pregnancy podcast today. I hope that you find this episode helpful. Next week, we are talking about your birth plan. This has been a common theme throughout this podcast because all of the work that you're putting into learning about birth will ultimately help you formulate your plan to get the birth experience you want and that you want your baby to have. I will also be talking about a new resource available to you to help you create and write your birth plan. I am so excited to share this with you. Tune in next week for the 10 steps to creating and writing your birth plan. As always, you can contact me, Vanessa, at PregnancyPodcast.com. You can find notes and resources for this episode at PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash episode 48. Be sure to check out the 40 Weeks podcast to find out how your baby is developing this week, what is going on with your body, plus get a tip for dad. All of this in under five minutes. You can find 40 Weeks everywhere you listen to the Pregnancy Podcast or go to PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash week.